This episode is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Meow, 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 meow. What's up, everybody? This is Michael Moda, and I'm on. I'm this week's guest on this frequency with an audible Giselle Johnson. Hey, everyone. Welcome, kittens, to another episode of On This Frequency. I'm Natalie. Ricky isn't here again, but we have Bartley as always. Yeah. Giselle, who you may have heard on our episode uh, recently titled, Hey Siri, What is a Woman? If you haven't tuned in, it is available a anywhere is an you adult get your podcast. Prior and of to course, adult- we have the wonderful, the one and only, my husband, Michael Moda. Meow, 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 meow. Uh, this week's episode, we're going to be talking about leadership. But before we get into that, let's listen to this week's moment of laughter. Here's what's going to happen. I am going to have to fix you, manage you to on a more personal scale, a, a more micro form of management. Jim, what is that called? Micro Boom. Yes. Now, Jim is going to be the client. Dwight, you're going to have to sell to him without being aggressive, hostile, or difficult. Let's go. All right, fine. <clears throat> Bring. Bing. Bring. Hello. Hello, this is Dwight Schrute from the Dunder Mifflin Paper Company. Oh, that's great, because I need paper. Excellent, then you are in luck, because we are having a limited time offer only on everything. Wow, this is my lucky day. Ask him, what is your name, sir? I am Bill Butlicker. <laughs> really, that's your real name? How dare you? My family built this country, by the way. Are you respectful, Dwight? Please. Oh, yes, Michael. Could you hold on one second? That's my other line. What? No, but I... Hello? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just on the phone with this stupid salesman. He's so dumb. Probably just going to keep him on the line forever and not buy anything. <laughs> okay. It's up to you to change his mind. Sorry. That was a family emergency. Oh, no. What's wrong? You know what? That's private. Boundaries, Dwight. Come I'm on. Sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Butler. As I was saying, <laughs> we're having a limited... Speak up a little bit louder. I'm hard of hearing. He's hard if he's an old man. Okay. As I was saying, right now, yeah, we're yeah, having... Talk louder. Okay. Our prices have never been lower. Son, you have Sir, to talk louder. Never been lower. Louder, I, son! Butlicker! Our prices have never been lower! Stop heat! That is totally inappropriate. You never yell at the client. You now never you listen yell at to me, client. sir. Here we go. The three words I would describe you as is aggressive, yes. hostile, and definitely difficult. Please, <laughs> Mr. Butlicker. I'm irate right give now. Me the phone. Please give me He's another irate. chance. Give me the phone. Mr. Butlicker. Give me the phone. I have to put you on with my boss. Well, I should hope so. Who is this? Hello, this is Michael Scott, regional manager. Well, this is William M. Butlicker. Hello, Mr. Butlicker. How may we help you? Michael, I like the sound of your voice. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy $1 million worth of paper products today. <laughs> See how it's done? Thank you very much, sir. I don't think you'll regret it. You, know what I did? you are the master. There is one condition, Michael. Yes. You have to fire the salesman that treated me so terribly. Don't do it, Michael. It's a million-dollar sale. <laughs> poor dwight he always always gets the shittiest luck (laughs) i love the office it's my favorite you know in sales though there i mean it's funny because we always do role plays like that like it's it's like no it's it's not that easy like yeah i want paper like no it's never that easy (laughs) yeah yeah it actually reminds me of um the chase environment when we used to do role playing and then okay so let's say that i'm mr butlicker how are you gonna respond to x y and z and then you would respond whatever it is you're gonna say in front of everyone oh my gosh that always made me so nervous there's always Mm -hmm. a script too. yes 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 Absolutely. But in a way, I mean, I think that's good. I mean, to yeah. practice, it's just practice, practicing with your 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 fellow coworkers. I, I mean, as much as we all hated it, yeah, and I it definitely it does gets come you, in handy. Yeah, it gets you out of your element and more. It makes you comfortable to have that conversation with right. a stranger, Mr. Right. Butlicker. <laughs> with I, all the Butlickers of the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a confession to make. Yeah, I've never seen an episode of The Office. <gasps> what? Are you serious? Um, why are you, why are you here? Serious. Why are you here? Partly. I guess this is uh, my resignation from the show. I think uh, so. <laughs> like, that should have been a prerequisite when we were, you know. I'm sorry. 
Do you, to all our <laughs> listeners, uh, I bid you adieu. Uh, you will <laughs> not hear from me ever again. <laughs> Do you watch right, um, Parks and Recreation? No. Oh, okay. Most people who have never seen The Office that, that I've talked to, they're usually more Parks and Recreation type people, and I've never seen it. I've I, never seen it because I, I never, I couldn't get into it. I was more of The Office, but Apparently. most most of my experiences, like you, you're either one or the other. Yeah, I've. Well, a lot of people haven't seen Seinfeld before, and that's a and classic. Bartley's just an anomaly. I've seen Seinfeld. <laughs> See, he's seen Seinfeld. He's all right. Before my time. At least he's seen something. <laughs> before my time. <laughs> Wow. Well, we learned something new about you, Bartley. Yeah, I'm sorry. Shit. He said, I'm sorry. This will be my last episode, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can still redeem yourself. Um, just get that Peacock subscription. You can watch it there. You'd probably get, you know, you, I, think I, you can I don't get it maybe for free. You, 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 should, you, you should watch it, though. You, yeah. Now that you work at Autos, you'd be like, ah, okay, I can relate. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For All right. Sure. For sure. We'll do it. <laughs> well, again, that clip comes from The Office, season five, episode six. Six, where you can watch on Peacock. Meow, 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 meow. So, um, we have some fun guests, Mike and Giselle. Um, you know, when I was thinking about this conversation, and I've been, I feel like I've been nagging to Mike about getting on the podcast and having more conversations um, with us about just leadership, people skills, money. Things of that nature. And so finally we have them on, right? I'm, so I'm really thrilled. Um, but Mike and I usually have conversations around the dinner table that usually involve geopolitics, economic issues, what we're going to name the baby, and whatever our job brought us that day. Um, before we get into our main topic, I wanted Mike to highlight a little bit of his story. Um as I believe it is important to give insight on his thought process and who it is or who he is. Um, Cause I believe Mike to be a great leader. Um, some insight on his upbringing might help our listeners understand how this guy was molded. So Mike, if you can tell us who you are and what you do and what was your childhood like is mainly my, my point here. Well, I mean, if you want me to go back to my childhood. Um, yeah, because I think that, like, that's definitely a foundational piece, right? Of Yeah. I mean, you'd hope so. Right? No, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I think the way I am today has a lot to do with my childhood. I mean, my mom and dad, they uh, they got married when they were 18. Really? In a little town in Mexico. On the, border of, uh, on the border of uh, uh, El Paso and Juarez. Um, and then I think, if I remember correctly, I think my dad had me at the age of 26. My mom was like 25. Um, and I was born here in, in L.A., L.A. County, West Covina to be exact. Um, but I grew up here in Ontario, California. Um, I don't know. My, my involvement in, in school growing up here was very minimal I would say I didn't you know from ages one you know from five to ten when you're going to uh, uh, elementary. elementary school mm-hmm. you're just trying to figure things out but I remember fifth grade I got introduced to music so I was 10 and uh, I got into percussions I did the whole uh, drumming in, in fifth grade, and I was like, all right, this is kind of cool, and it carried, it carried through to junior high. Mm-hmm. And in junior high, I got a, I got a taste of um, um, concert band. Mm. Played timpanies, more percussions in there, did a little bit of jazz, and I, music. Were, were you in the Jazz Cats? Yeah, man. Yeah, babies. <laughs> Oh yeah, you were too, right? I was too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's when I met Bartley, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know Bartley high. that long? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I thought wow. you guys met in like high school or, yeah. or like a little bit, like in baseball, but no, it's yeah, sooner yeah. than that, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was like, oh, wait a minute, I go, if I remember correctly, I go, yeah, we went to Vine and Danks together, mm-hmm. and um, okay, Bartley, you can stay. <laughs> <laughs> you, well, you were, uh, you were playing. Sax, right? No, I played no, trumpet. Trumpet, tr- yeah. Yeah, I played trumpet in jazz band, and I played uh, baritone horn 
um, in concert band, and I was like first chair all county and with my baritone on. Yeah, you see, when you're first chair, you're the shit. Yeah, I was really, really good at that instrument. And but anyways, Mike, please continue. Yeah, so, you know, this episode is is, is focused on, on leadership, and um, I think there's an importance to being part of a a group yeah you know um and working as a team because um as i've always said you know you you can't accomplish anything on your own right um but playing playing music was was, was big and in the jazz cats i remember uh barley what uh, it was mr kraus right yep yeah i don't you know n- a lot of a lot of our friends didn't really care too much for him, but he was actually a very good music instructor. I'd have to agree with that, hundred percent. I mean, the guy was disciplined, disciplined, disciplined. In my junior high years, I think that's where I really grasped uh, discipline because I remember he even used to throw erasers at us, like no. the erasers were like, "Pay attention, you hit the wrong note, like." Uh, uh, what's that? What's that movie? Uh, Bartley, the uh, the jazz drummer. Uh, what's it called? Um, jazz drummer. Whiplash. Whiplash. Oh, okay, yeah. If you watch the oh, movie right. Whiplash, um, it's about jazz, and the instructor is just like he's just on him, on him, on him, on him. Mm-hmm. But that's how jazz instructors are, and like it's just being disciplined, making sure that you get it. You know, mm-hmm. you get it right. Mm-hmm. It's not. It, it's it's. N- it's not perfection because mm. no one is ever perfect. I would say Mr. Krause was a mix of that plus Mr. Holland's opus. Ooh, Mr. Holland's opus is good. Ah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. So going through that experience, I went to high school. Um, I actually didn't pursue music in high school. I got into baseball. And it's funny <laughs> we were teammates in, in baseball too. Partly, and I were teammates in baseball as well. And Look at how the universe just kind of aligns. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, like here we are. You know what I mean? I didn't. I don't know. I had the option to go into like marching band, and uh, or 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 go back into concert band, but I don't know. I just uh, during that transition, I started getting to playing guitar and I was, mm-hmm. I was and I was like oh no I can I you know I, I like just playing on my own mm-hmm. but I always played baseball you know during uh, elementary school and to be honest with you I just didn't really want to do PE in high school and I was like well baseball is yeah. probably an easy A I can do it so yeah. I get I gave it my all and and uh, and I did that and 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 playing baseball and working together as a team it was kind of cool experiencing that because there's no difference from that to a concert band or a yeah. band. We all have to work together, right? Yeah. Um, so as I did that, I it was my senior year. My senior year, I um, had economics class with Jeff Spach and... He uh, he saw a picture of me playing guitar with my cousin Mondo on my folder, and he's and like, "Just Beach is a friend of yours, right?" Yeah, and he's like, "Hey, man, it's like I have a, uh, I have a, I have a band, um, and we're looking for another guitar player. Do you want to come play?" And I was like, oh. mm-hmm. "I was like, well, you know, it was my senior year. I was playing varsity baseball, and I was like, well, you know, I was kind of like at the a crossroad. Yeah. I was like, do I pursue baseball or do I go?" play music what i really love mm-hmm. and at the same time i was like okay i gotta go to college too and i at that time i was already uh cal state fullerton had accepted me cal state san Bernardino, a couple a few a few of the colleges and i uh i my senior year I actually dropped out of uh varsity baseball and i told the coach coach copas i was like hey you know what i go i'm i'm passionate about music and uh mm-hmm. i gotta go and he he actually respected me for that I'm like and he still gave me an A oh. <laughs> for that year. And he's like, go pursue what you're passionate about. Mm, and um, and I started doing music. And that that was a cool experience, um, you know, growing a band and developing something as a team. 
And um, that led to five years of growing a band slash business and getting into banking. Yeah. Um, so banking led me to a whole... It's just a rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy where mm-hmm. I'm at right now. Like everything that I've learned and, and then everything that I've learned and I'm applying back to everybody that doesn't really know too much about how the world works. Right, right. Yeah, it, it's interesting that we, and that's why I don't, like, I don't question my, you know, where my path has taken me because all of the things prior to it have led me to just where I need to be, even though I don't even know what that thing might be at, at a certain point in time. It's like, well, mm-hmm. All these decisions that I've made throughout my life have gotten me X, Y, and Z, and now here I am, and I I have to trust that everything's gonna work out for you know the the greater the greater good. It's where you're you're where you're supposed to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Um, Giselle, do you, did you play any sports or were in any team type activities growing up? Um, I played soccer okay. a little bit, um, and then. You know, I was actually on the debate team for a little while oh, okay. in high school. Um, and at, in high school, how I stopped. How was the debate team? Because I've always been intrigued about that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because it's not just stand at a podium, pros and cons and everything. I mean, they, there is that, but there's right. also so many more different auditory skills. So mm. we did... Um, Crap, what is the, what is that word? Impromptu, excuse oh, okay. me. I'm, I was going to say pro bono. I'm like, that is not what that, <laughs> that is not what I'm trying to say. Nope. Um, impromptu. So that was actually a really good one where you learn those different styles and, you know, everybody's like, well, I don't know my pros and my cons. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, here's your topic. Just speak on it, okay. you know, and, and having that, that skill and developing that was very interesting because there's so much more that goes into it than just talk. You know, and then when we did get into the different debates and everything. So I remember one, we would go and we would travel at different schools and we were on the team and everything. And Mm -hmm. um, one of the so you have to write out your pros and your cons, whether you're on the positive or the negative side of it. Mm -hmm. And at that time we were doing the death penalty. Mm. And, you know, before you're given your your section, they tell you, okay. You're going to be in this room, you're going against this person, and you're pro. You're going against this person, then you're you're con. So you kind of go through it and you have to prepare yourself. And as you're writing it through, it's almost like you write an essay. And you have to anticipate what other questions. So it's almost like you're debating against yourself Mm. Uh, as you're preparing it. uh, It was really interesting. And I really liked it just because I'm such a planner. I'm so type A with certain things uh that... I, I really enjoyed that piece of, okay, if I was, if I, if I was arguing with me, which, you know, mm-hmm. who doesn't, <laughs> yeah. who doesn't argue with themselves, uh-huh. um, you know, how would I, how would I stump this person, so to speak? So you kind of have to prepare for that. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, actually. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Oh, that's not, I would have been completely hmm. shy and I would don't know that I would have been able to handle yeah. something like that. It's, it's weird, you know, because you, you do have to get up and speak in front of people, obviously. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I've never had that like fear where I couldn't actually execute what I wanted to do as far as speaking in public. Mm-hmm. I still get nervous. I still mm-hmm. have to mentally prepare myself with what I'm going to say and mm-hmm. everything. But it was the planning process that I think I enjoyed the most. Yeah. And I'm sure that that that, that whole experience uh, definitely prepared you and you've taken those skills to what you do today. Oh, definitely. Right? Because you in your work um and if you want to remind us what you do you you're definitely a leader in your role yeah right yeah Yeah, we are leaders in the financial industry we are what about you natalie did you um did you play any sports or be or were you part of a, a team atmosphere growing up um you know i wasn't into didn't get into any sports until my junior year of high school i played tennis and that did help me quite a lot. And I think that my tennis coach knew that I needed that um, because he put me in a doubles 
team. So I had to, of course, you know, become the team player. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's definitely helped me throughout. But I tell Mike, um, even now that, um, I wish that I would have had, or sports would have been in my life or some kind of like team led activity, um, would have been a part of my life much younger because I feel that now, um, that's something that I'm trying to be better in and learn. Um, and it just doesn't come as easily for me because, and I don't want to say that I'm self-centered and selfish, but I just don't think about, um, others in, in the same way as someone that has been in leadership roles or Mm -hmm. in, in team player activities or sports, let's just say. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, because I've always been the, the 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 one man person the one man show yeah i yeah i can definitely relate to you you know that. what i mean mm-hmm. which i think now um thinking about the type of jobs that i've um been in um especially like being an analyst mm-hmm. um that's a one man show it's just me and my little excel spreadsheets and we just have a ball but i'm trying to change that because um it's good to be a part of a team and be a leader mm-hmm. and be led and things of that nature. So, so what makes a leader? Well, that's why I have you here. Um, <laughs> you tell us, Mike. <laughs> this is me trying to um, receive the knowledge and education. I don't know. I, 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 sometimes I don't, I don't consider myself a leader, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I mean, I do. Um, mm-hmm. Most, you gotta. You, you gotta understand your 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 purpose, and you gotta you gotta want to give back for sure. Mm-hmm. Is being a leader, mm-hmm. because a good leader will will want to get their hands dirty mm-hmm. with their yep their employees their or their team. Yeah, there's uh-huh. a difference between a leader and a boss. Is a, mm-hmm. a boss will say, "Do this, do this, do this," and a leader will say. Hey, Sel- we're in it together. Yeah. Follow me. I, I got you. Let's let's do this together. Selfish intentions. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that comes a long way, mm-hmm. um, and I think that that goes to what we were talking about on the drive over here. You know, yeah. with with you know, uh, in in sales in general, um, yeah. you know, it, it starts from the top. If if yeah. if you're not doing what's right for your team and for the client or you know whatever it is yeah um it starts it starts starts with there's the a trickle effect yeah. of of the negativity of the the failure to perform yep to do your job efficiently you know employee morale it's it's a whole trickle effect it starts from the top with yep. everything that we do yeah and you know a good example of that natalie mm-hmm. At our former place of work, we're mm-hmm. not going to call anybody out, Mm-mm. but we went through <laughs> a <laughs> we went through a massive um, update to our core system. Yeah, and me having experience in that, you know, I went to our leaders and well, I said, hold, "Listen, hold on, before let, let me yeah. set the stage because of what <laughs> what I what I want the listeners to understand is that what what you and Natalie used to do for okay. the lenders, uh, for or for the banks, you know, so." Because uh, you guys were in in the BSA department, right? Or, or um, I operations and operations. now he's in BSA. Yeah, right, right. compliance it, for it, those. Yeah. That goes don't hand know. in hand. Yeah. So it, it, to to sum it all up, the, uh, Giselle and Natalie protect the assets of the bank from illegal activity, making sure that whoever is opening up the accounts are. You know, they say who they are, mm-hmm. where's the money coming from, who do they do business with, what kind of business activity do they do? So, in the banking industry, um, as a, as a country in the U.S., we have to make sure that we protect the money that's coming into the U.S. Mm-hmm. and the money that's going out to the U.S. So, mm-hmm. what these girls do is a lot of responsibility, like a tremendous, and I and I. I I give them mad props. I always Thank give you. mad props yeah, to, um, to to them because um, there are those bankers that, you know, a lot of people see like on the Wolf of Wall Street and mm-hmm. these yeah. movies are like, oh, they're just all money, blah, blah, blah. And, and there's a very narrow point of view and yeah. when people say, oh, I'm in banking. They're like, oh, you're, you know, 
throwing All midgets against the wall kind of thing. <laughs> you know? Always on a yacht. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, yes, it, it is a lot of that, but <laughs> that's, that, that's what you guys have to weed out and, right. and mm-hmm. say like, Hey, wait, you guys are the, 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 the traffic cops. really, mm-hmm. And, and that's a lot of responsibility. It's a, it's a lot of responsibility to our country, mm-hmm. not just the company that you guys represent or the bank that you guys represent, yeah. but to our country, because we, you guys, um, prevent illegal activity right. filtering into our right. economy. You're mm-hmm. welcome, America. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So thank you guys. <laughs> Well, no, well shit i feel like i need to rewrite my resume with right? all that information no but it's true though and it, even natalie with what you said that you you didn't feel like a leader and you're in a one-man show type of mm-hmm. thing you know for the position you had yeah mm-hmm. you are a one-man show you are that, but you're also a resource mm-hmm. and being mm-hmm. a resource to mm-hmm. people in you know from my perspective you know like like mike said as far as protecting the bank mm-hmm. you know my job and the people that report to me are front line mm-hmm. you know you're on the back end of that but we have to work together, together. Yeah. in order to make sure that we're both doing our jobs and protecting the bank as a whole yeah. so if i didn't have you as a resource to go to like hey this is a weird situation or this is just not sitting right with me or whatever the yeah. case may be if you didn't have that leadership quality no one would be calling you, right. which is not the case, you know? Yeah. And so you, it, you exude that unintentionally. You y- know? Y- you're absolutely right about that. And that's one of the things that I miss in um, in the prior, the last last job that or company that we worked for, um, mm-hmm. where I was taking on a lot of those phone calls and, hey, that where I was that resource to the front line hey what about this hey what about that talking through with um with others about different scenarios and best possible outcomes and how they should move forward um and as i started going um moving up in my my career that was becoming less and less and i missed it i'm like Mm -hmm. oh nobody's calling me nobody needs me yeah but it's just that i was you know that someone else took over that role Mm -hmm. but yeah people people are important yeah and it's important and it feels good to educate and teach others Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's so important yeah so important yeah and and i think that's a big part of leadership that maybe gets um brushed under the rug or maybe leaders in those positions don't see is that they're they are well good leaders will know right but the other half won't know that their role is to teach Mm -hmm. and to take the skills that they've learned and pass it on and i don't know why that is why is that like i feel like there's just greed it's it it i think people probably think it's job security yeah you know but but at the same time though you know the I have a, a couple different leaders who mm-hmm. I, I think of, you know, in my banking career and everything, mm-hmm. and they never withheld information from me. Anything I wanted to know, mm. I was always privy to that information into their thought process to mm. make that decision and helping me learn that. The leaders that I don't necessarily respect as much mm. were very selfish mm. and mm. very controlling yep. and it's very frustrating as an employee who you're supposed to rely on this person to grow your own career right. or to better your own career your job etc yeah. and and they're withholding that information i would literally when i first got into banking first got into this type of role yeah the boss i had she was amazing she is just phenomenal and I would literally go in her office because I didn't have that much work at the time. I would literally sit in her office and watch her work, mm. watch her, how she formatted emails, how she took phone calls, how she organized different types of things. It was one of the most fascinating things. and I will never forget it. Mm. Um, Terry, if you're listening, I love you, girl. Actually, I worked with her yep. multiple amazing, times. Amazing, amazing woman. She's great mm-hmm. at her job. I great. literally would sit and watch her work. 
And I couldn't mess with her. No, nobody could. <laughs> I remember I'd nobody go can. like, I'd come to her like, hey, so I got this account. No. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> right, she's right, protecting right. the bank. Yeah. And that's, that's what I admired about her. That's what you, need. Like, that's yeah, what you yeah. need. Exactly. And, you know, having her as a resource, I still go to her to this day. I, I have not worked directly for her in years. And mm. I still go to her as a resource for that because Good. she is a natural leader. Right. And I... I would say all the time, when I grow up, I want to be like Terry. <laughs> you know, me being 31 years old now, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I grow up soon. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's that's what you want. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things as far as being a leader is approachability. Yes. yes. You need to be able to have that open door policy and be approachable by the people who are working beneath you. Yeah, because you know? if, you, if, if your employees fear you or if you mm-hmm. are an employee and you feel like you can't go talk to your mm-hmm. to your manager um, that's just a that, that that's not a good working environment yeah. which leads to poor performance yeah yeah you know so it's it, that trickle effect yeah, that we just it's talked that, about it's that trickle effect mm-hmm. I've, I've been through it i've been mm-hmm. through it and you know you have somebody in in power uh in that leadership role and if you know that they're just like you're not mm-hmm. no why if you identify that, you know, either one, you approach HR with your concerns mm-hmm. or you just step away and not right. be involved and find something better. Right. You know, um, you just have to. Mm-hmm. You have to. Yeah. It's yeah, it's definitely um, a good quality to have. And, and it's something that's so important. I was actually very flattered, actually. I had a conversation with um, one of my one of my employees and he said I just told him I was like listen I really appreciate that you are raising your hand you're defending yourself with Mm. a conversation he's like well no he's like you make it easy to talk with you and it's like oh that that makes me feel good you know like I'm doing something right that at least you can talk to me this wasn't necessarily an easy conversation to have yeah but at least we can openly communicate come to a resolution and move on. Let's yeah. both be better at our jobs. Yeah, because yeah. you as a leader, you're going to take that in. You're like, okay, well, you're going to address his concern. And then a good leader will sit back, reflect on that, and yeah. like, okay, well, how am I going to make this better? Yeah. How am I going to accommodate this? Because if he's feeling this, mm-hmm. then clearly everybody else that's in his same department or yeah. has the same role is feeling this. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and, and just, you know, a little back, like this particular position where people are reporting to me is very new Mm. for me i've Mm. always been that one-man show like you said natalie where Mm. i'm learning to now take into account oh i gotta check in with this person i gotta Uh make sure that they're okay i gotta you know where normally it's like i'm you know i'm here i'm here i'm doing my thing and i'm going home you know but it was good in that conversation for him to acknowledge that and bring that up and i really appreciated that yeah being so new into this position like okay keep on this type of path you know yeah. and if i make a mistake i i i'm not one to try and hide it i'm never gonna shove it under the rug because that's just gonna make things so much worse yeah you know you got to be accountable for what you're doing or not doing exactly right. and you know and now i've got direction okay keep going to the right mm-hmm. keep going here you know and mm-hmm. you know i will make a mistake that's just we're life human. we're human exactly. i will make a mistake at it's some inevitable point. Mm-hmm. but i will learn from it move forward and, you know, just again, keep trying to be a better leader from that. Do you guys agree that people don't always need to be in manager or leadership roles? I feel that, and I'm pretty sure this is in all industries, but we see it in banking where, you know, you move from, uh, let's just you know, the logic of the, you move from teller to banker and then you become a from, you know, you for whatever weird reason, people or others say, oh, you're a great banker. Now let's put you into a supervisor role. And then this person just mm-hmm. just bombs it because they don't have leadership skills. They have yeah. self skills. Well, not all right. people were made to be leaders. Exactly. Or, there it not, is. All, not all people should be promoted to supervisor position because mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. don't know how to lead people beneath them. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that, you know, that's part of the problem in a lot of industries is that uh-huh. you just promote, 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 and you don't promote a person who's actually a good leader to lead, uh-huh. you know, mm-hmm. the people underneath them. It's just internal politics right. is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. 
you, you're gonna it, it and 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 again it goes from it goes to the top. They're like, yeah. oh, okay, well, who aren't in necessarily involved in that day to day to recognize that this banker doesn't have leadership capabilities. They're a great banker. They bring in the deposits. They know right. their forms and everything else, but they don't manage anybody else but themselves. Exactly. Right, and they're a great person to mm-hmm. have on your team. Yeah. yeah, they're just not a great leader. Yeah, no. and There's so they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be promoted into leadership positions. Just, yeah. But that's not that's not nothing bad on them. They're just not that's not who they are. Right. right. And that's right. the whole thing too. Like sometimes you need those worker bees. Mm-hmm. Some some people don't yeah. need more responsibility nor want more responsibility than what they currently do. Yeah. And that's perfectly fine. There is nothing wrong with that. Keep promoting that person within that role and that's it. Yeah. And, and take them as far as you possibly can until they just keep doing their job and that's just what they do for 25 years, you know? And some people do and that's fantastic. There's a lot of people like that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Shout out to the worker bees. Yeah, yeah. hell yeah. Or unless like they do want to turn into this leader or whatever it is or these management roles, then let's development develop them to do that. Not mm-hmm. just, okay, next week you're going to start. Here's your packet. But you can, only, you can only develop someone so far. Like, yeah. they have a cap. You, yeah. Um, Mike, I don't know if you've, if you've read the book, 21 Irrefutable, Law, Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. No. Um, but in that book, the guy talks about, like, you know, there's caps on, on people and their leadership skills. So... Mm. Like, say, you know, one person's a six. Well, they can't develop to a seven because that their cap is just a six. Mm. Whereas people, other people, you know, who are underneath them may be able to develop to an eight or a nine mm-hmm. or higher, but they never get that opportunity. You know, yeah. like, there's caps on on how how good a leader can be, and that's as far as they go. Yep. And to try to push them to be more than that, you're never going to get anything more than that. Yeah. Yeah. One way to recognize a good leader is how well their employees do right. after the fact. Are you able oh, to promote yes. your employees? Are yep. they able to grow? Grow. Mm-hmm. Are they able to move on? You know, sometimes that's not a bad thing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and can they step into a position when the time is called? Right. Mm-hmm. In you sports, know? that's called a coaching tree. You know, um, mm-hmm. Bill Belichick has a mm-hmm. list of coaches that has have coached underneath him for many, many years. Right. And you you rate his success on how many guys he's got, you know, head coaching jobs along the way. Or mm-hmm. um, guys like John Wooden back in the day. Like, those guys have, have guys underneath them that branch out to be head coaches elsewhere. Well, that's how, that's how you can tell great leaders is that they allow the people underneath to learn and grow and mm-hmm. then branch out and do what they do mm-hmm. and be successful at what they do. You yep. build the value in yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I like that. We need more of that. I don't feel like there's enough. Definitely not. But it's just so, it's so important even in, you know, even in your personal life, you mm-hmm. know, and, you know, I have two friends who were going through something really tough uh, mm. over the uh, two separate situations over the last couple of years. And, you know, they didn't want to talk about it. They didn't want to um, express themselves. They didn't want to lean on us. You know, we call ourselves, you know, a tribe and everything else. Mm. And it's like, you know what? Yeah, you're the leader of our tribe, but what kind of tribe are we if we can't step in when you need us? Yeah. You know? What kind of tribe is that? What kind of tribe are you leading yeah. <laughs> if, right. if we can't step in and be there for you? Yeah. You know, have these conversations. That's a great point, Giselle. Um, leadership goes into the personal mm-hmm. realm as well. Mm-hmm. I, I can relate in that um, with a group of friends that I have um, in the last uh, five, five, seven years. Um some of us more than others have taken the that leadership role of like, hey, let's be more intentional with our conversation, with getting together, with with just creating um, better friendships. Mm-hmm. Let me be a better friend to you. Let me tell you what I'm going through because this is the only way that if I'm showing you my vulnerabilities and my problems or whatever, not they don't even have to be problems, but if I'm letting you into my life, maybe you'll let me into yours and we can have a better dynamic, a better relationship. And that's the way that you build friends. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, 
and teams and groups and tribes mm -hmm. and villages and people that will help you at, with whatever resources you need. Right. We need people because it takes a village. Yep. Always. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yep. 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 Mm. You're right, Natalie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of reflecting on just like, like family dynamics sure. and things like that, sure. you know, because there's just, there's so much fallout that happens that sometimes in our families, it doesn't allow us to thrive in other areas professionally or whatever the case may be because the family lacked something which then made you lack the leadership skills or the communication skills or whatever it is you know so, so that's a big we're i mean so we're talking about leadership and yeah. so you know maybe some of your listeners are are in a position that because i feel like the three of us, we've been in that position working in the bank to where we've started, you know, at the bottom, mm -hmm. right, in, in the banking industry. And look, the banking industry is a global money mover. I mean, mm -hmm. literally, money makes the world go wrong. Go, go, go round. Sorry, not wrong. <laughs> go wrong. Well, sometimes. That's, <laughs> that's also true. That's a different um, podcast. Wait, wait. Hey, that's yeah, a different right? episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Next week it, on it, On This Frequency. Money makes the world go is wrong. It, uh, Bar Barley, maybe you can... I remember, I think it was in seventh grade. Is it Mr. Shear? He was a history teacher. At Vina? Vina, yeah. Yep. Is it Mr. Shear? Um, or Mr... Yeah, I think so. Mr. Mr. Shear. I remember I would always go into his class and it was his history. He's like, when, when the bell rang, the very first thing he would say is like, money makes the world go round. Mm. Like that. He'd always do it like that, right? <laughs> Holding his his right elbow. And I'm like, why is this? This man's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Money makes the world go round. Mm -hmm. And yes, it does. Working in the banking industry, I mean, we, we, we understand really how, you know, business business activity works, you know, the the, the flow of money, the do's, the don'ts, compliance finance laws i mean it's a complexity yeah and so i feel like you know the three of us we've been in that high corporate environment to where when we started we saw the leaders that were guiding us and we're like with all due respect mm. why the fuck is this guy here mm -hmm. right yep and so i guess what can we tell the listeners if you're in that position to where you feel like, because I've been, I've been there. I'm like, no, I can do a better job than this person. This guy's doing it all wrong. Mm. And sometimes, you know, you, you know, when you're, when you're in that position at a, at a low level position, you, you identify their faults and you know what you can do better, but you can't have that voice in that level what would you guys say to that person to like, okay, look, you already have that vision. You know how you can make things better and you're going to do it for the better good mm -hmm. for the company or for the employees or whatnot, right? Mm. Is it patience? Is it speaking out? Is it waiting for the right time to really speak out? Like what, because I've I've been through it many times. I've been through it th working through with JP Morgan, with Pacific Premier Bank, uh, mm -hmm. all these corporations that I've, I've I've been contracted through. I'm like, oh God. And sometimes it's just biting your tongue and waiting for the right moment to say, look, this person is doing this, and we can't be doing this because we have to, you know, this is how we can make this better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I know there's there's people out there that are in those positions that are like, man. I can do a better job than this, but yeah. they approach it incorrectly. And sometimes mm. they just get slapped and like, nope. Yeah. And then psychologically that just does something to a person to like, yeah. well, maybe I shouldn't, I, I fucked up. I, I can't do that again. Yeah. yeah. That's a great question. Um, it, I think it is a little bit of everything. It's yeah. sometimes it's patience. Sometimes it's speaking up. Sometimes it's, 
well, fuck off. And then you move <laughs> on, you know, because I, I too have experienced that in um, the companies that I've worked for where it's either I'm going to be patient or I'm going to say something or I've said something nothing has happened so I guess I gotta go now and so then I you know you sometimes if the door doesn't open you have to go create it yourself right, right. so I think that that is several things and to our listeners you shouldn't be discouraged to try all of it you know yeah. give yourself that opportunity to be patient to speak up and to search for options or talk to hr whoever it is the powers that be right um to get you where you need to be yeah i think like like you said it's it's that personal perfect blend of all of those things mm-hmm. patience you know that that confidence in yourself of speaking up yeah you know one of the things that i train is having confidence in your job, mm. in your role. Mm-hmm. And ultimately with the confidence that you have in mm-hmm. your role, it just makes you a better employee all the way around. Yeah. You're confident in your responses to your customers. Yeah. You're confident in the work that you're performing. Mm-hmm. You're confident in how you speak to other people and, and what you're actually doing. Mm-hmm. And and I kind of tie it off with everybody is responsible for their own growth, mm-hmm. their own personal growth. That doesn't necessarily mean mm-hmm. in that same company, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's your, you're responsible for your own personal growth. So if you find that right time, you know, respectfully respecting the hierarchy, yeah. you know, because you have to play the game. There, right. There's always that game. Oh, thank you for saying that. Yeah. Yes. You, you have, have to. to play the game. Yeah. There's always a game. Right. And it's like chess. Yeah. Chess, cat, mouse. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, call of duty (laughs) um (laughs) um, you know you have to take responsibility for yourself and for your own personal growth and speaking up and and saying hey put me in coach right that's that's one of those things that is either going to progress you or it'll give you clarity in where you are yeah you know i i've been in that position so many times where i've i've I'm jack of all trades, master of none, uh-huh. you know, because uh-huh. I'm so much more valuable as that person, as that go-to person who can just fix everything and mm-hmm. do everything and, mm-hmm. and everything like that. But as far as taking that responsibility and having that patience, mm-hmm. if I had gotten the job that I wanted at the time that I was originally requesting it and thinking that I had deserved it, yeah, I don't think I would be where I am now. And I don't think I would have that mindfulness that I have now. Right. Looking at how, what kind of leader I want to be. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. just thinking about all that kind of thing. So it is, it's your perfect blend of yeah. patience, speaking up and everything else. And when I had originally requested it, yeah, no, I was, I wasn't at the bank I'm at now. Right. You know. Right. I was at the bank before that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and you just kind of go through those motions and everything that you learn and you take away from it. Sometimes you're just not in the place that you need to be mm-hmm. and and you need to go somewhere where you are more valued, more appreciated, mm-hmm. you know, never stay in a toxic environment if it's not good for you. I, I never condone that. But if you know that you're in a position where you know you can make a difference and you have a plan for it, I would always encourage you to speak up, mm-hmm. but also to have the patience and the clarity to realize that you just may not be where you are supposed to be. Clarity. That's that's yeah. yeah. That's that's a, that's a good word right there. Yeah. Be clear and intentional with what are your next steps. What are the what's the plan? control your emotions, <laughs> because sometimes you know you you want to just like lash, lash out, lash out. You know. Yeah. You and I con- think. Um. Sorry, make. No. I wanted to add accept feedback or look oh, for yeah. feedback. Absolutely. Um. Because we may think like. Okay, I'm going to be patient. Okay, I'm going to speak up or okay, I'm going to lash out at this person. But I think that um it'll it would be good to go to somebody else that is not involved and can give you that their perspective. Hey, I'm going through this this and that. This manager is a so and so. I want to be there or whatever it is mm-hmm. and let them give you okay, 
the feedback or let right. them ask you questions about how to make you reflect on how you are as an employee or as a leader or whatever the next step is for you because yeah. feedback is also important and we need to receive it and yeah. be able to receive that even yeah. if it's criticized or we're being criticized yeah good criticism is what is it constructive criticism constructive <laughs> criticism yep. yeah yeah i'm out of breath <laughs> You're so passionate. Is the baby coming now? Is the baby coming. coming now? <laughs> no, no, got time. Um, but yeah, normal, normalizing feedback. Um, and maybe you know, maybe with all of these these situations of like the the patience and trusting the process and uh, speaking up, maybe that's the reason why there aren't more effective leaders. There's all these little things missing, or that we get ahead of. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes when people are put into a leadership position before they're ready, mm. you they I'm not saying everyone, but there there's this air of entitlement. Right. Yes. And it yep. and it just kind of just sits there with the, that person. The ego kicks in. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I was put here for a reason. Just respect my position, respect mm. my authority and right. respect yeah. my title. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. When, you know, they're not doing anything to you know deserve that kind of right. feedback or anything from their employees yeah. yeah you know a good leader will will always uh a good leader will always know their roots mm-hmm. where they come from mm-hmm. you know if if you ever if you're ever put in that you know high level position just always remember where did you come from mm-hmm. where are your employees humble coming yourself. from humble yourself mm-hmm. yeah always yeah. always yeah yeah Humility is so underrated. Yeah. We don't have all the answers. I'm human. But Mm -hmm. look, let's work on this and we're going to find them together. Get your hands dirty. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, I want to ask one more question. Um, And I'll ask you to both, um, both of you, because this is like just such a hot topic right now, right? Like women in the workspace and women empowerment and, you know, more women in having a seat at the table. What do you believe women need in order to have a seat at the table and have more roles in leadership? What do they need? I feel like it's, I feel like they're coming. We're, we're here. We're making waves, but clearly not as quickly or as much as we would want what do you guys feel is missing well i mean you 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 view terry as a as a as a leader like Mm -hmm. and and i i do as well Mm -hmm. you know especially her role um what she does for the banks um especially yeah so like what are some traits that you see that you picked from her that you think would be, you know, valuable. Terry is very, Terry is a lot of things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But one thing that I really admire about her when she is sitting at that table, she's, she's just confident. She's focused. She's She's very focused. focused, You know, and you know what, even if inside she is trembling, she knows yeah. she knows what she's talking about. Yeah. She knows what she knows and she knows what needs to be put on the table. Right. And she I think as far as women in the workplace, mm-hmm. I don't think women need anything, to mm-hmm. be honest. Okay. I think that the men at the table need to just listen. Right. Ah. I think that's part of the problem. And if you have men at the table who are not listening then I think women, maybe if they do need something, just be a little louder. Right. Mm. Just be a little louder. Don't change anything about yourself, your intentions or anything. Right. Just be a little louder. Yeah, stay firm to your beliefs. Mm-hmm. What, what you, yeah, you got you, you to. Gotta... Because that's, that's one of the things too, you know. I, confidence. I, exactly, that confidence. I've, I've worked with all kinds of different men in the workplace and, you know, it, I don't know what it is. It's my biggest pet peeve. Well, I have several, but one of my biggest pet peeves is men talking over women. Mm. Like when they're trying to say something important or about whatever it is that you're both talking about. And at one point I actually told it was my boss. 
I'm like, you know, you ask me questions, but then you don't let me answer. So <sighs> are if you want me to answer the question, I'll answer it, you know, but we just had that conversation and I probably shouldn't have said it quite in that way, <laughs> you know, but it's one of those things like just speak up, be a little bit louder about it. Right. And there have been times where I've, I've now gone and be like, let me finish. This is why I'm telling you that this is wrong or that this needs to change or X, Y, Z, you know, I like that a lot, you know, mm-hmm. be a little louder. I think if women need anything, it's be a little louder, but yeah, like you said, women are here. They're mm-hmm. making it happen. They're doing it. Mm-hmm. I think in some cases, I think men just need to sit back and and listen. Okay. Would you agree, Michael? I 100% agree. I agree. I like the way that you said all of that. Because I do believe that women, like I'm, I, I reflect and I think like, why, like, why aren't we just, you know, in these spaces and... Mm-hmm. having these conversations and being the leaders of this team and and paving the way it just be a little louder mm-hmm. we have the confidence we have we all have the it. confidence in the world we, have, we know we what have we're talking about tools that we need we do mm-hmm. it's just we just need to like all right sir sir <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> quiet mm-hmm. <I laughs> for mean, one minute you're gonna get beat down a yeah. lot mm-hmm. you know whether you're a woman whether whether you're black, whether you're Mexican, whether you're gay, right. it doesn't matter. Like when you when you're <laughs> when you're ostracized, yeah, mm-hmm. in society, and you're trying to, yeah. and you have this label, mm-hmm. it's gonna be difficult, yeah. no mm-hmm. matter what. I found too that state if you're if you're in a situation where you're struggling with that man woman dynamic, right. Stick to facts. Yes. Stick to facts. Women, of course, are more emotional where I can, you know, Natalie, you did this wrong and this is how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if I went, Mike, you did this wrong. It's on paper. This, this is what's wrong. You know, you're going to understand that better than... I, I feel, feel. Ups- I feel but upset. I'll say, but are you going to prove it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So sticking to your facts of... Listen, this is exactly what's happened. It's on paper. It's in an email. It's, you know, clearly it's showing our sales are going down or whatever the case is happening Mm. of what you're trying to convey as to why things need to change. Right. You know, and I think that's going to be kind of across the board for anything is, you you know, you have to have something to, to support whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. But when you're in that conversation with a man having those facts, did you not put this on paper? Am I wrong in understanding it this way? Mm-hmm. Tell me how I'm wrong. I will tell you how I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> so. I love the, that. The truth the never truth. lies. The truth never lies. Yeah. Like numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie. Yeah. No, they don't. Yeah. Maybe yeah, that's why we like banking. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But you know, bankers can't count. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Math is hard, guys. <laughs> those, those are just salesmen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they were true bankers, they mm-hmm. they would know <laughs> they how to carry the one. Oh wait <laughs> i have a funny story we had well it's not funny as to why we were there we i was at a one of our branches had gotten robbed oh, shit. and so part of that we have to do a cash count and Ooh, yeah. it was all of the operations people and there's probably like 10 of us there and we're trying to count the cash that's remaining in the branch so that we can all you hear is 20, 40, 60, 80. Shit. 20, 40, 60, 80. Fuck. <laughs> it's just honestly, the whole time, I'm like, we are never going to get out of here. <laughs> 100, 500. 100, 500. Six. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Had to start all over again. <laughs> I don't have enough fingers for this. <laughs> Thank goodness for the cash counters. Yeah, right no here. kidding. No kidding. So oh funny. Oh, my gosh. Well, um... D- any closing thoughts? Anything else we want to add before we get this ball rolling? In regards to leadership? Yeah. I mean, anything really. Leadership, pets, <laughs> pets, banks. If you want to be a leader, music. If you want to be a leader, be prepared to get your hands dirty with your team. Mm-hmm. I love that. Simple as that. I love that. Do you have any like reference books? Any. I think I uh, we asked you when you were here last for our last episode, but is there any like point of reference that you personally go to? Like no, a, I mean I, I can't think of anything right now. I mean I, I the book that I mentioned earlier. Um, yeah, mention t- it again, Bartley. Twenty One Irrefutable Laws of oh. Leadership. 
Uh, it's by John C. Maxwell. Mm. And um, it's it's a really good book because he lays out like all these laws for being a leader, but it also allows you to not only reflect about those laws on yourself, but about the people who are in leadership roles in your life. Mm. Like what characteristics do they possess that, you know, make them a great leader? Or, you know, like in one of the chapters, it talks about the ceiling and it was like, okay, well, what it, what's your ceiling and what's maybe what's the ceiling of the people that are are leading your teams? You know, and and it's it's really cool to to hear these these laws and have um and and the way he explains it, but also to like do a self reflection of like not only not only yourself, but of the leaders that are in your life. Ooh, Actually, I I just I thought of one. Okay. No, and this here. book actually really was a game changer to me maybe like three or four years ago. It's called Good to Great. Uh, is it Adam Grant? or By Jim Collins. Oh, okay. I was way off. Sorry. And what, what this guy did, he analyzed. So he was... It was like during the 80s, I think, if I remember correctly, like 80s or 90s. He interviewed some of the top executives for like Walgreens, Wells Fargo, some of the big banks, a lot of the big corporations during that time uh, that were performing extremely well in the stock market. And so they went up and they discussed with them, like, what is it that you're doing um, as far as a, a leadership role? And that book really just was an eye opener to me uh, because those executives that drove the performance of their business, whether it was a bank or Walgreens or I forgot, it was like it was it was like a ten different companies. Uh-huh. Uh, the 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 common factor that I found between all these executives was that they were very team oriented. And that was the only reason why the these companies were extremely profitable because these leaders were one with their team. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's the importance of being a leader is being one with your team. You, you know, shit, look at, you know, if you watch the movie Gladiator, the only reason why Maximus was admired by his soldiers was because he got in there with them. Hmm. He's like, I'm going to fuck fools up, too. Yeah, yeah. You want to be a part of that? Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you guys for those recommendations. I have one more. Let's hear it. Um, Emotional Intelligence by Dr. Travis Bradbury and Dr. Jean Greaves. So this book was actually given to the entire bank as part of like a conference, leadership conference or anything. It's a very short read, but it gives you insight into how to speak to people so that they are emotionally understanding you Mm. and having that emotional intelligence for yourself to understand what they are trying to communicate. It's, it was so insightful for that just to be able to, it, 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 you know, we talk about humility, Mm -hmm. getting on somebody's level of Mm. how they process something, you know emotionally when they're trying to convey something you know it may come off like angry or aggressive but that's because that's where that's how they're trying to communicate to you mm-hmm. how what is the best way for you to receive that how how can you you know communicate with them effectively in that space it's really really good Ooh, thank oh, you for okay. that one, oh, yeah, that's a good one. thank you all for those book recommendations i'm gonna have to write these down for myself too um well that makes on this frequency's uh, latest episode this is gonna be the shit everyone an hour mm, we did pretty yeah, good I, huh? think, I think we did pretty good i mean we can keep going yeah y'all want to keep going can make this a two-parter if you want <laughs> <laughs> but um no thank you guys seriously um 
for coming down and um, having this conversation we with me. We should just start a, a, a banking podcast and we'll probably have a oh lot of bankers oh, just listening sure. like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's such a small world. It, it would be like the office it's a small, in audio. Big world. It's a small, big world. I swear. I, I tell people all the time, like, man, we could write a book of all of the different things yes. that you right. just deal with. Yeah. Of- Yes, and it would be hilarious. Yes, some it of would. this shit is funny as fuck. Like, really how the is. fuck? How do we work together? Oh <laughs> how gosh, do we do right? this? It's true. It's so true. <laughs> I know you have stories. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> thinking of the doctor one. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking about. That's a podcast for another day. Yes, it is. <laughs> I would love to share it, but no, it was so funny <laughs> off air. Um, but no, seriously, thanks you guys again um, for having this conversation with us, being a part of on this frequency. Um, make sure you guys, um, our listeners leave us a review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also support us by donating some coffee. Go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash on this frequency. This week's episode is brought to you by Rose City Sound with executive producer Big Brother Jake from the Big Brother Jake podcast. And this episode is produced and edited by Juicebox Bartley. Keep in touch and send us your topic ideas at onthisfrequency at gmail.com. Increase the peace, y'all. Nigeria, what's up? Switzerland, what's up? Switzerland, what's up? Yes, that's right. Thank you to all of our listeners all over the world. We love you guys. Keep sharing, keep tagging, keep showing us the love. Bye.